Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back, great people. It's your boy Kwali, and it's the Non-Stop Playing Podcast. And today I'm back with another serious topic. <laughs> and I'm super excited about this topic because it's something that I'm like super involved in and uh, I've taken great pride in because I feel like it's super important for the communities, specifically the black community. Uh, I, I alluded to this uh, on the group economics episode when I talked about, you know, getting you setting yourself up and, you know, conversations that I have with some of my friends from time to time, uh, specifically uh, life insurance. Right. So just for compliance, I'm going to give you all my uh, life insurance agent number because I am a licensed agent in the state of Arizona, but also in Wisconsin. So my Arizona number is 19895744 and my Wisconsin number is 9913329. So just, you know, for compliance purposes, I got to make sure I'm on point because I don't need that commissioner knocking at my door. Say, hey, you're you doing too much, brother. So Today, I want to really jump into this uh, this concept called the financial house. And if you haven't heard of it, so basically what a financial house is, is setting yourself up so that you can maneuver throughout this world in a more financially conscious nature. You know, instead of, you know, I always allude to this on the channel, uh, I mean, on the podcast, sorry, uh, with people spending their money on things that they shouldn't be spending their money on, you know. Dior, Hermes, Cartier, you know, all these other brands where it's like you there's no value, there's no asset, you know, but you're spending we're talking thousands and thousands of dollars. So, you know, I'm I'm super uh big on this because I think that we need to be uh, you know, things of that nature. So yeah, let's get into it. So you're probably wondering, like, what's the financial house? Like, why did you decide to used to talk about this on, you know, as far as one of the episodes. Well, let me just kind of give you like my purpose. Again, in the intro, I said, I really want to touch on topics that I'm, you know, I think are important. I don't want to be PC all the time, but sometimes I got to, you know, I got to bring that information that's important to the community. So that's why I decided to talk about this, especially as far as, you know, me being four episodes in. Um, so again, I'm gonna get to some more critical topics, but I think this is a crucial topic that we really need to talk about. Uh, in our community, specifically in society. Um, and the reason being is because we're not taught these things. We don't talk about these things. We don't talk about financial literacy. Financial literacy is essential to the soul. Um, if you don't know this, or if you don't believe this, I don't know what you've been doing for you, for the years on this earth. I don't know who you've been talking to. You might need to reconsider what your bubble look like. Cause if you ain't got somebody in your bubble talking about financial literacy or setting yourself up for financial freedom, you around the wrong people. If you're around people that want a club day in and day out, every weekend going out, spending money like crazy and not investing in yourself, investing in me, yourself, I don't know what you're doing, man, especially if you're older in age. Now, if you're young, go ahead and have fun. But, you know, you want to start things early because I don't know about y'all. I'm trying to retire by 40, so I ain't got time to be wasted. Um, all you people out here trying to retire at 65 and just going through the motions, Nah, that ain't quality. I ain't trying to do that. I'm trying to really build on myself. So after I build me up, I can build other people up too. But I got to do it myself so I can 
in a sense, practice what I preach and be able to give the game. Because once you learn the game, the game is, they look, oh, the game is to be sold, not to be told. Man, bump all that. I'm, I'm, I'm telling the game because that's why we've been having issues specifically in the black community. We got to, we got to teach us, we got to teach each other the game. We got to make sure that we putting everybody on because when one person eat or actually when everybody eat, man, a lot of these issues go away, in my opinion. If everybody eating, it goes away. Right now, we got people trying to get over other people because they don't have, so they got to figure out how to get it. And then the best way to do it for them is to take from people within, you know, arms reach within the community. No, we got to stop that. I want to dead that now. No more stealing from people in your community. No more doing that. We got to uplift the community. So it starts with your financial house. So there's a few components associated with the financial house, and I'm going to kind of talk to all of them today. So Listen, get your pen and pad, get your recording device, whatever you need for you to be able to get this information because I'm going to come with some gems. I'm dropping gems today. I need you to be tuned in. I'm going to try to keep it, you know, as I, I keep your attention as long as I can because I know it's hard to keep people attention, especially when you're dropping this, you know, real ish. They'd rather watch Love and Hip Hop or watch something that has no substance, no regular, you know, it, it's it's just buffoonery, you know what I'm saying? But when you're trying to talk that real ish, people are not trying to pay attention. So hopefully I can keep your attention long enough today so that, you know, you have this, you can take it and run with it and do what you need to do to set yourself up, set your family up and set your community up because that's what we're about, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm about. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So the financial house. Essentially, the financial house, like I said, is to set yourself up economically so that when you're moving forward, you're not dealing with the stresses of not being economically sound. You can be financially free. You can be um, debt free, things in these nature that they don't teach you about in K through 12. They don't teach you about uh, in college. They don't teach you about in uh, the, the workspace in a sense, because we've all been conditioned to, you know, in a sense, work, uh, be employees our whole life. Like, why is 65 the retirement age? Do y'all ever think about that? Do you think, do you wonder why since you've been, since you were four years old, you've been taught to sit in one space for a set amount of time to listen, uh, how to follow directions? Now, don't get me wrong. We need structure in the world. We need structure because if you don't, it's madness, right? We've seen The Purge. We've seen other movies that talk about this. But at the same time, don't you think that this is kind of, you know, it's a little too particular in a sense like i gotta wait i got so look at the timeline right you start school at what three you go to head start so from three years old up until you 18 you're in the the you know uh you're 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 in the uh k through 12 realm right so 15 years you've been conditioned to be told when to how to where to who to and why to right then you go to college you get a little bit of autonomy but at the same time, you're told you got to work with partners, right? So you're working with partners, learning how to work in groups or whatnot, how to manage in high stress uh, uh, environments, how to problem solve and I'm air quoting problem solve because it's like nine times out of 10, you're going to have issues and not everything has a, you can solve every problem, right? Because some things, some, some people are just, ugh, don't get me started on that, but you know, so you're taught to go from sitting and being told what to, how to, to have a summertime, but still being told how to, when to, and 
Now you're working in group settings and then so forth. You know, even grad school. Now it's like, all right, you're still working for someone, but you're taught how to do research, how to problem solve in a sense. And then once you become a doctor, now you are you're actually solving those problems. You know, you're coming up with theories to solve those problems. So that's the educational system from my understanding. And you're probably like, wait, how do you know all this? Well, again, I've worked in education for 10 years. I have a few degrees, you know, I have a bachelor's, I have a master's, I'm finishing my doctorate. So I've been in these capacities for a long time, but I still have never been able to figure out why 65, the break-even point. And I believe in my, what I've conjured over time is that's when you've reached the, the, the pinnacle of being able to really maneuver most people life expectancy is not that high you know some people you know they live pretty long lives i think 80 to 85 is a long life but in in essence most people are not living that long and covid exposed that to a t people was dying all over the place you know it doesn't matter if you were as young as 20 years old you know and people you know just all over the place dying so but 65 it just doesn't make sense but again we need a working force in order for things to you know and when we talk about capitalism we need things to move forward in that sense we need workers we need workers but covid exposed that even if you got a job you're expendable now people are not trying to go back to work (laughs) and that's another topic i'm going to talk about at some point throughout this uh this season is kind of touching on that but again for the sake of the, the podcast you know let, let's stay on task yeah quality you got to stay on task today brother so the financial house what does that consist of there's a few things one being you know life insurance so you got to get some life insurance you know debt elimination right you got to make sure you're getting rid of that debt uh emergency funds so being able to have some type of of savings out there and i'm going to kind of dive into that a little bit because i'm a little suspect on that and i'm gonna tell you why then you got your uh you know short term so what you want to do within three to five years long term 10 years plus and that's more like retirement in a sense and then after that you know the the crown of it is having fun but you want to set your foundation first right so let me kind of talk through some of these things right so essentially the first level of your financial house is the uh you know getting some type of life insurance right something that's going to set an estate for your family right so we talk about setting that up you got two different types of life insurance you got term and you got whole life right so a term as you know it's a uh condensed version a condensed term a condensed word right so term is temporary meaning temporary so temporary meaning that it's only for a certain period of time. So normally that's anywhere from five to 35 years, right? But it's probably one of the cheaper ways to get insured with life insurance, right? So um, I mainly deal with term in my capacity, but you know, I can, you know, if I wanted to become a broker, I can do across the line. So, you know, but I like term because it's, for my community, it's cheaper, but you can get a lot of coverage, right? So. You know, I think that's beneficial when you were talking about, you know, people trying to get GoFundMe's. Like, that's one of the things that grind my gears when it comes to people and when we talk about death or catastrophic events, right? So people are quick to go deal with GoFundMe and say, oh, I need help, my family, you know, so on. And don't get me wrong, death is tragic. I don't wish that on anybody. But why not set your family up? Why not sit here and pay you know whatever the amount is and like i said term is pretty cheap 
right? Now, if you want to set up a consultation, we can do that. We can sit down and go over, you know, what that looks like. I can draft you up a policy, um, a quote. Quote take literally two minutes. I can literally, actually shorter than that. So, you know, it's real out here, but you can really, you can get some cheap insurance, life insurance out here that's going to set your family up for, excuse me, um, monetary gains and uh, getting out of debt. Because when you die, you still have debt. Rather it's your mortgage, rather it's your car, you know, all that stuff is still linked to you in a sense and your family has to bear that burden. So why why make them go through that? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, really setting up that foundation of that house is getting you some life insurance. Um, the other aspect of it is whole life. And, you know, whole life, essentially what that means is it's for the entirety of your life. So 100 years. So most people are supposed to live 100 years, right? So when you turn 100, that's when it matures. But most people don't live up until that day. So the death benefit, if you were, and I think, I believe if you were still alive with that, uh, when it matures, you know, be paid out in a sense, because that's what it is. But again, sometimes you got to redo refreshers. But, you know, the thing with whole life is it it could be kind of expensive, right? So you're spending more money than compared to term. But the the upside is you can borrow on that, you know what I'm saying? Which makes it, in in a sense, nice. You can take out a loan, which kind of rubs me the wrong way because why am I taking out a loan on my money that I could be that I will be taxed on when well, I tax but they can uh charge uh interest rate on me on my money like the bank and insurance companies man they whoo lord don't get me started on them <laughs> but um yeah so you can borrow on your money you probably hear about this all the time when people becoming their own banks like uh, uh infinity banking and you know walk a flock of this and walk a flock of that um, but that's for a different, that's like a different, um, like level of people. You know, we talking about people with that, the available cash, that, that available money. We talking hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. You talking about you investing, you know, a couple hundred a month for uh, life insurance. It's going to take some time, you know, it might take about three years before you even see any cash value associated with that account. But again, um, I'm, I'm, I'm here to educate I'm not giving advice, but if you want to set up a consultation, we can do that. Uh, but moving forward, you want to get that life insurance because it sets your family up. And a lot of the other communities, specifically the white community, white, white folks, they do this all the time. And they set it up in trust trust funds. So with them trust funds, when they die, it's a couple couple hundred thousands, maybe a couple millions. And then they, they trust it to their family. And then their family, they eat off of that. And that's, again, that's how they, you know, they stay ahead of, all the other cultures within the wealth game, specifically here in America. You know what I'm saying? We got to we gotta set ourselves up where we're um, competing on that same level. And kind of what I alluded to on uh, group economics is if every black person in America got life insurance, right? And then it got to be a lot. And it has, doesn't have to be an aggressive amount. But if everyone got life insurance, think about this. And like I said, one of my homeboys, he said this, and it was so profound. And I've heard this actually a couple of times. Uh, from other people on, you know, different social media sites and things of that nature. But if every black person in America got life insurance, think about this. There's a strong chance that police brutality may lessen or even end. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you the insight on why people are saying this. Because what's going to happen is if a police officer kills a black person, just because a lot of them, they got a lot of mental health issues, a lot of them do, or they just 
they hate black people because, you know, they're part of that uh, that terrorist group. You know what I'm saying? You know, them, them white hoods, you know who I'm talking about. Um, but, um, you know, the insurance company has to pay out that family that death benefit. So if that's 200K, 300K, maybe it's 1M, a million dollars. At some point, the lobbyists who lobby for these insurance companies are going to go to Congress and say that, all right, y'all need to do something about, we need a reform because these insurance companies are losing money because that's how they make their money. A lot of people, when they pay into these insurance policies, if they're not dying, it's the, they, they, these companies are still, they're, they're getting that money there and they invest it just like banks. They invest the money that they get. That's how they keep the money going. That's how they keep the money growing. Um, but the lobbyists are going to, you know, put some heat to the to, to the feet of these individuals. Hey, these people are dying. They're getting paid these hundreds and thousands, millions of dollars. We're losing out on money because y'all need to stop these people from killing these these people. These colleagues need to stop killing these people because we got to pay too much money. And that's how we get the ball rolling again. It's the foundation of the financial house, and it makes perfect sense. You set up an estate. You can set up your family so that, you know, if something happens to you, rather, you know, depending on what's going on, you have a means to give to them to pay off debt, but also set them up if they need to use that to do other things. It works, but also it sets it up so that if, you know, again, this is just a theory. If every black person had insurance, police killing them. At some point, they, you know, these insurance companies going to get mad. Like, hey, we dishing our money because y'all out here wilding. Wild, wild west out here. They're not getting proper training. They don't have proper mental health protocol with these these officers. So we tired of paying them money. So we need y'all to figure something out because we can't keep paying money. And it, it disrupts the system. It's a positive that disrupts the, the system. So think about that. So, again, that's the first, um, the first level or the foundation of your house. Then let's get into debt elimination, right? So what does that consist of? Getting rid of your debt. Rather, you know, because, again, we talk about assets over liabilities, right? So at most of the time, a lot of people don't notice, but a house is actually a, a, a liability if it's not um, doing cash, if you're not getting a cash flow from it. So if you buy a home and you say, oh, we got the keys, we're homeowners now. Nah, that's a debt. Because you're paying, it's not rent anymore, it's a mortgage. You own it, and I'm air quoting own, but you still owe that money to the bank. So if you default on that loan or you can't pay back that loan, the bank takes it. It's not yours anymore. So essentially, it's, it's not yours. So at, when it's all said and done, it's, you're, you're, in a sense, you're always in debt, especially with a house. Because even if you pay that mortgage off, you're clean, you don't have that, the mortgage anymore, you still got to pay property tax. And if you don't pay the property tax, so whoever owns it, unless you own the land, they can you can foreclose on that too. So it it's just an ongoing cycle, just like a car. A car when you buy it, if you're paying money on it, it's a debt. Anything that's taking money out of your pocket every month is a debt. An asset is something that's putting money in your pocket every month. So if it's an investment property, then cool. Like if you're not paying the mortgage because you got a fourplex and somebody, you know, you got four tenants, one. One rent from one tenant is paying your mortgage. Another rent from another tenant is paying all the maintenance stuff. And one rent from the other tenant is that's going directly into your pocket. That's cash flow. You're not paying. No money is coming out of your pocket. So 
we got to think about that when it comes to ownership. Like, you don't own a house because you have keys and it's through the bank. You have ownership when you have cash flow. So we got to think about that. But when we talk about debt elimination, that's paying these credit cards down. That's another huge thing that hinders our community. A lot of people don't understand how credit works. Credit, whew, man, it's a beast. But it's a beautiful beast when you know how to play it. Like, when we talking about playing the system, that's setting your credit up where you're getting credit lines 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, 50,000. You can do that if you set your credit up, right? You know what I mean? And just for a fair warning, we talk about credit. There's five things that make up your credit. Uh, the first thing that makes up your credit is your payment history. Pay your credit card on time. That makes up, I think, uh, I believe 30 to 35% of your credit, right? As far as we, if we made it into a pie, that's 30 to 35% of your credit. Pay your stuff on time. Now, don't get me wrong, it can be confusing because there's three things associated with your payment history, right? You have your due date, which is the amount that they say you need to be paid at the, on a certain day. That's kind of important. You have your statement date. That's the uh, when they send you the letter in the mail saying, okay, this is what you've accumulated over the last 30 to 31 or well, 28 days, right? So 28 days, this is what you've accumulated as far as expenses, uh, expenses and payments, right? That's super important. So you want to know when that date is because um, that's when it reports to the credit bureaus. But then you, also your, your report date. Your report date is to, the again, the credit bureau. So you want to keep the statement date and the report date in mind as far as when that happens. So you can make sure you pay your credit down to 30%, at least 30% at a minimum. That's optimum as far as a minimum. Now, 1% is the optimum. That means you are looking great. And you don't want to have it between 1% and 7% if you're trying to buy a house, you're trying to buy a car, because lenders look at that. What does your credit utilization look like? And that's another piece of the pie. Credit utilization or debt-to-income ratio, right? That makes up about 30% as well. So keep that in mind. So we got 30 to 35%, 30%. That's already two thirds of your credit is based on your credit history and also your debt to income or your credit utilization. So keep those utilizations low. The third piece of the pie, which I believe is like 10% is credit age. So how long have you had credit? How long have you, how, when you establish, how long has it been established? Anything over 10 years is excellent. Anything between three and seven is pretty good. You, you're on the low end when you're between zero and uh, three. But there's ways you can get that started by, you know, doing like CD accounts. You can do self-lender where, you know, it really doesn't account for your credit, but you're paying money. It's like a, an installment account that you pay into a, a, a every uh, every month. And then after two years, you get that money back, but it reports to the credit bureaus. So you can start that as early as 18. Well, 17, 18, I believe. Yeah, that's it. So that's a great way for you to do it. So you want to have great credit age um, with your credit cards. But the, th the fallback with that is when you are, um, every time you open up a new line of credit, it, it creates a new credit age, right? So say you got 10 years on this credit card and you go get open one today. That's going to cut your credit age. So you got to make sure that you're being uh, strategic when you're doing this and know what, bureaus that credit line reports to because that's going to each one you got equifax you got Experian, you got transunion you got to think you got to start mastering how your credit works because you can use your credit to do great things think about this when you're using your debit card 
Debit, debt. You're putting yourself in debt. You want to stay away from using cash. You want to, um, you want to use credit because you get that grace period. You get that 28 days of grace. So if you spend that money on this day, when you know when your statement, when your report date is, you can spend money as uh, long as you pay that back in time for that, you're good. So understand that. And you can call customer service so that, say you, because, well, let me backtrack. So the next portion, which is inquiries, that's about 5%. So that's anytime you apply for something, you get an inquiry. Now there's different inquiries. You have um, you have different ways to get inf- uh, inquiries. You got the soft pool, you got the hard pool. If it's a hard pool, it's going to create an inquiry, which is going to drop your credit score a couple of points, two to three, four points, right? Nothing too crazy. And at some point, um, it'll fall off, you know, anywhere from two to three years, it'll fall off. Now, you want to do the soft pools. Stick with the soft pools because they don't affect your credit. All they do is no, they check it, they check it, but they're not pulling it. Like, oh, are you eligible in a sense? So if you're applying for credit cards, use that method. Go through the pre-qualification process first. Do not just go apply for the card. See if you pre-qualify. If you pre-qualify and they say anywhere from fifteen to five thousand dollars, go ahead and follow through with it. If it's like three hundred dollars, what you gonna do with three hundred dollars for real? Spend it in that in that in that moment and it's gone now. So keep that in mind when we talk about inquiries, because inquiries, you get too many of those, you're gonna be getting denied anywhere you go. And that's like I said, that's two years on your two to three years on your account. Unless you dispute it. And that's another story for another time. And then last but not least, the last portion, which is about 10% again, this is uh, 10 to 15%. This is uh, trade lines. So if you have revolving credit, or if you have loans, if you have charge cards, you know, there's different credit, uh, credit lines. Now, you want at least six of those. So three to four credit cards, an auto loan, and a mortgage, if you can get a mortgage, you know, so five to six, but six is a good number. Um, that's what's going to keep your credit looking good. But again, we talk about debt elimination. You got to be smart with how you're going about uh, creating debt. You don't want debt, but you're going to have it. But how do you bring it to a point where it's conducive for your lifestyle? You know, a lot of people say pay for it, pay with it on your credit card, wait two weeks and pay it back with the money that you have, right? So you're, you're manipulating the system, right? Sometimes you want to make two payments in a month because now you tricked it that it's like you're super responsible. It makes your credit score go up, right? Because his credit score goes as high as 850. So, you know, 850, that's when you, you hey, you got people out here that say credit is king. So when, you, when you're trying to really make some moves, you got to utilize that credit. And again, I'm here... Just giving information. I'm not um, consulting anyone on any. I'm not not giving advice. I'm just sharing information. Like this stuff is important for our community. We got to set up our financial house. We got to make sure that we're in a space that when it's time for us to ride out and really go independent from these other communities or, you know, things that have held us chained and shackled, how do we do that, right? So debt elimination. We got to get rid of the debt. We got to take care of that. And it's a, it's, like I said, it's a liability if you're spending money on it every month. It's an asset if you're getting money from it every month. And there's different ways to get assets. You know, again, investment properties. And that's another story for another time. You can get, get into, you know, becoming an entrepreneur, you know, setting up these passive income because, I, I man, I kid you not, the nine to five is overrated. And I'm going to kind of get into that 
on the in a couple more episodes, I'm gonna talk about the different concepts of that entrepreneurship and how that works. Um, but again, life insurance, debt elimination. So the next thing is, what's what is your short term goal? What are your short terms as far as savings? Now, I'm not saying putting things in a savings account because that's the worst thing you can do, and I'm gonna tell you why. When we talk about savings accounts, it's just a placeholder. There's no way for your money to work for you. You want to make your money work for you. And then kind of, wait, let me dial back. The best way to maneuver in this uh, in this world is o, uh, OPM, other people's money. Use other people's money. And that's why I say credit is important. With these banks, because all they're going to do is take your money and, re, and, and, and invest it, right? And then tell you to wait for you to get your money back if you want your money back. So why not use their money and, and run it up? And they, they're willing to give it to you. They'll hand you the money if you have the credit for it. So I just had to dial back on that because I, you know, I missed something that's super important, right? So again, short term. So three to five years, what does that look like? What does that look like? You want to set yourself up, right? Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped it. I skipped the level. Uh, emergency fund. Emergency fund, um, you want to set that up. You want to have at least six months of emergency that's going to re- like, Replace your bills, right? So if you if your rent, your mortgage, car notes, um, groceries, gas, um, all of those essentials that you have to pay every month, you want to have at least six months of that saved up. So that's why they tell you when you get paid, you don't want to be house um, house broke in a sense, right? They say your house, your house should only account for up to forty percent of your income. That's still too much, in my opinion, right? You want forty percent of that is supposed to go to house, household things that you need to take care of. Thirty percent is supposed to be supposed to pay yourself, and the other thirty percent is supposed to go into. I mean, twenty uh, percent supposed to go into another avenue, and then ten percent on you know having fun. But I say fifty percent of what you do should go into savings and mutual funds automatically automatically because you want to set yourself up from retirement you want to set yourself for retirement I, I i kid you not i i'm tired of seeing people seven you know in their 70s standing standing at walmart greeting people it's not worth it there's too many things out there in life for you to explore and to have fun doing why waste two-thirds of your life working just for you to and maybe enjoy five years and then be back working because you you got to find a, a way to uh, have a living. Like that's not living. That's that's just that's trash to me. So don't don't set yourself up. So get your emergency fund together. You know your rainy day fund. You know the car might break down. You know you want to at least have three to six months, maybe even nine months on the other end. Some people I know have done eighteen months. You know, but they've set themselves up and they're financially literate. So. They know that, you know, they got to have those reserves, but they got the money coming in. And that's another thing that we have to talk about at some point. How do you set up passive income so that you're not relying, you know, living check to check? Because I think they say over 60% of America lives check to check. That ain't living. That ain't living. And most of them, a lot of those people lost their job due to COVID. So I wonder what those numbers are now. So we got to really set ourselves up, have that emergency fund just in case something happens. And we just got to be more frugal. Stop spending money on dumb stuff. Man, Man, designer, clubbing, like, man, 
when I see people like on social media that be drinking all the time, it's like, man, don't your liver hurt? Like, like don't your spine hurt? Like, you drink every weekend? Like, when are you, like, man, like, I understand people want to have a good time, but there's other ways to have a good time. And I don't know, maybe because I'm a little older and I never really cared about that stuff. And I did a lot in college. So I've kind of, you know, reached the threshold of, me having to really validate my life by partying and going and drinking all the time. Like, that's just, I don't know. I just, I like to have a good time, but I can sit in the house and play card games. Me and my wife, we got a, uh, me fiance, fiance wife. I I just call her the wife because that's what she is to me. We, we got a YouTube channel that we teach people different card games. Like we have fun playing card games. It's cool. Check us out. ENV Chronicles on YouTube. (laughs) You might learn a thing or two, (laughs) but yeah, so um, yeah, so that's the, the emergency fund. So being back into the short term, so three to five years, what do you want to accomplish in three to five years? Are you trying to buy a home? Uh, are you trying to go on a trip abroad? Are you trying to uh, invest a, a good significant amount of money into an account that you know it's going to cost a little bit of capital? Um, are you trying to start a nonprofit? Like, what are you trying to do in three to five years? And what does that look like? You know, so we have to think about that when we talk about your short short term goals. Um, well, how are we disseminating that money? How are we setting that money up to uh, accomplish that goal? So keeping that in mind. Um, next one is long term. What does long term look like? Are you retirement? Well, essentially, that's retirement. When do you want to retire? And I kind of want to go into like some of the instances of retirement. I kind of alluded to this earlier. Like, I just don't understand how people can sit there and say, you know what, I'm going to work for 45 years and then retire. Like, why? Why do you feel like that's... I understand, you know, you've been conditioned to believe that, but sometimes you got to wake up, man. Matrix is real. We can't sit here and live in this bubble that we've been told that this is the reality of things. It's not the reality. There's so much more out there. The 1%, they live it every day. Granted, they take, they follow this system and set themselves up, so they're good. And when I say the 1%, I'm, I'm talking about the Warren Buffetts. I'm talking about the, the Grant Cardones, the Tony Robbins, those people that got money. Jeff Bezos, you know, a lot of these owners of the, uh, uh, was it Sam Walton's family, you know, Walmart, you know, all of these people that got money, the, the bank owners, you know. Those one percenters, they've accumulated wealth. I ain't talking about the rappers. I'm not talking about the athletes. I'm not talking about the entertainers because they still a part of that 99% of the people that are broke. I said what I said. 99% of the world is broke because when we talk about wealth, if you stop, because most of us work a job or work, we work something that consumes our time. We're trading time for money. Once you don't have to spend time for money, you become a part of a different class. And that's when you become financially free and wealthy, like super wealthy, not wealthy where it's like, all right, you might be the CEO of a company, but a lot of people, their money matches their lifestyle. So yeah, you might be making a million dollars a year, but you're going to go buy a $5.7 million house. So the mortgage on that is what, 20000 a month? For that, because you got to pay it off, um, you got to get the nice car. And you don't just get one car. You get a couple of nice cars. You might get a, a, a Bentley, 
you know, $250,000 car. You might get a Bugatti, which is a $2 million car. You know, so those things add up. You're going to at some point have children probably. That adds up. You're going to want to travel more. That's going to add up. But you're still t- trading time for money at some point. So you only get those two weeks out of the year that you can travel, have fun with your family. But you're working. Like, I refuse to work. Like, 14 to 16 hours a day doing something, building somebody else's dream. I rather bet on me. And I've said this too many times. I'm at a point in my life where I refuse to work a job where I'm putting in excess amount of time and I don't have time for my family anymore. I, I refuse to do that. Dame Dash said it best, man. <laughs> if y'all ain't heard it, if y'all haven't heard Dame Dash on any kind of internet, like any social platform or any interview, bro be dropping gems. A lot of people call him arrogant and cocky, but I, man, I vibe with bro because, and I'll never let a little, another man tell me what to, how to, where to, when to. What? I can't. Now, yeah, for the time being, I gotta, you know, I gotta do what I gotta do, but the things that I'm doing on the back end are setting me up so I don't have to worry about that. My children won't have to work because they'll work for me. Or I'll teach them the game, or they'll become their own bosses and do what they need to do, have someone else building their dream. You know, capitalism and its finance. So, you know, what does that look like for retirement? I I know it ain't 65 for me. And if it's 65 for you, I'm going to pray for you, even though I don't pray. And I'm hoping that you find a way to set yourself up so you don't have to wait that long because you're going to have a family at some point. And hopefully you have a family at some point. Excuse me. I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Because some people aren't able to to do that. So, yeah, I don't want to, you know, let me put that disclaimer out there. I'm not trying to be harmful or malicious. But in terms of like you wanting to live your life to its fullest, I don't know how you do that when you're working a nine to five and only getting two weeks out the the year that you can really enjoy yourself, especially. And then you have to wait to after you're 65 to do so. I just don't see it. I don't. Mm -mm. So let's get it together. People on that end. Um, Next, next thing is the last, the last level, honestly is fun and travel. Now we can tap into that. Once we've, we've hit those first five levels, of your financial house. Now you can get into having fun. You know, once all those you check all those boxes, you're in a good state. Like I never said it was nothing wrong with getting yourself right. I say it is something wrong when you are prioritizing the wrong way. And what I mean by prioritizing the wrong way is when you are like I said, buying designer and you got a blow up bed in your crib. Why? You got a, you know, you got a Ferrari in the front yard, but your house is boarded up. Like it looks disgusting. Like I don't, I just don't get why people feel like they got a showboat or put on the front for people. I, I really never understood that. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I like to look nice. I like to wear nice things, but I'm, I don't, I, you know, I wear Calvin Klein here, and I wear, I wear Kenneth Cole, Kenneth Cole for like, like my suits and stuff, like my dress stuff, but. You know, I shop on ASOS. It's an app that you can, you know, it's like great value almost, but they, they got some good stuff. It looks good. And I'm not breaking the bank for it. I can get a dress shirt, 15 bucks compared, compared to a Calvin Klein where I'm spending 35 to 50 bucks with a shirt. You know what I'm saying? So it's just levels to it. You like, you got to change your mindset. You got to get into a mindset that I'm spending money for, substance not for pleasure in a sense 
But it's okay to do it after you've set yourself up with the substance. Get your mind right first. It's, I'm telling you, you edit things will be a lot easier. And I don't know what people people trying to impress. Like I be watching stuff on TikTok and IG, and they be these people at the mall. Oh yeah, man, this chain fifteen thousand. These shoes was a thousand. These pants was three hundred. These shades was ten thousand. These bust down Cartiers. But all you use a walk and lick, my boy. Like you gonna get robbed. And I, don't get me wrong. Like people should be able to flaunt. Like I've been to Africa before. I've seen African kings walk around with hundred pounds of gold on. Just I'm that dude. Like I've seen it, you know. And it's been, you know, for me that was eye opening. But at the same time, he's a king. People come to see him because he has notoriety. You're not just some dude that work at Foot Locker and got the plug on the shoes, and then every time you get a check, you're spending your whole check on this, and you live with your mother in the basement, and you don't pay her no rent. Trifling. That's what that is, just trifling. If you one of those people, get your life together. You sitting here in the basement with the blow-up bed. You don't pay your, your people that you stand with no rent. But you stay with the flyest clothes. You stay with the, the you stay iced out, bust down this, bust down that, man. That stuff is trifling, right? Like get your life together, man. That's that's not cool, man. It's almost 2023. Get it together, man. Get your own, set yourself up, put yourself in a position. Moms and dads, I'm not even just talking like everybody. Get your stuff together. Like, it's real out here. Our kids are suffering because. People want to sit here and do all this extra stuff. Like, who in the hell? Why do people sit here and have a ba- like a, a one-year-old birthday party where they spend $1,500 on a one-year-old? Oh, I want them to have memories. Memories of what? They just they care about eating the fucking cupcake and smashing it in their face. You don't bought them true religions, jades, and all these other things, things that have no appreciation and it it has no substance. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Why do I? And it's only in our community. You don't see white white people will have a backyard barbecue and invite the whole neighborhood, and they'll have a trampoline for a one year old. But y'all want to sit here and invite Minnie and Mickey Mouse, which is three hundred three thousand dollars. You want to get the blow up bed. You got to get a DJ. You got to get liquor. Since when does a one-year-old drink Casamigos? They barely drinking juice. They drinking milk probably still. Come on now. Like, why do we feel like we got to live through our kids and then, like, I, I'll get my kids the world? No, you're doing things to make yourself feel good because your kids don't care about that. They don't. They don't. But we only do that in our community. But you can't get yourself life insurance so that if something happens to you, your kid is well off in the next 10, 20 years. But you buy J's and say, oh, my kids stay fresh. Yeah, right. They're going to pick up on those same mannerisms. They're going to repeat them. And then now we're in the same position that we're in. That's why our group economics is trash compared to everybody else. And that's why our dollar stays in our community only six hours. Because of stuff like that. You want to be fruitful on things that have no substance, but the things that matter more, you don't want to 
invest in for the future. Like, I'm not saying that you can't live your life, but you got to be smarter. Like, it just doesn't make sense at all. It's insanity. It's insanity. That's all I'm going to say on that. But all in all, I'm here to drop. I, I, I hope you tapped in. I hope this was a great episode. It gave you a lot of knowledge on a topic that we really don't talk about in our community. One being, like, how do we set ourselves up financially? I just gave you six things to pay attention to. Well, five that are important. The the top of the house is, you know, fun and, you know, uh, travel or whatever. What you do need that. Your mental health is real. And if that helps with your mental health, do it. But also get your finances together. We're too grown to be out here to you know, not have our finances together. Like, let's stop with all the nonsense. Let's stop trying to put on the facade, trying to follow these ball players and artists who, again, be on love and hip hop and are trash. I said what I said, and I'm gonna keep saying it because I just don't, you know, get your paper, boo-boo. But at the same time, let's be real. Let's stop throwing our community under the bus because I'm over it. I'm over us looking how we looking and everybody's so quick to be like, oh, it's for the culture. Well, let's make this for the culture. Let's make getting your financial house in order for the culture. Let's make getting our finances together. Let's make getting out of debt for the culture. Let's let uh, set generational wealth for the culture. How about that? Not, oh, I ride good D for the culture or A, A, B, B. Big. Okay, slide glide and do all that stuff. That stuff is fun. Don't get me wrong, it's cool. But all right, if we want to start trends, let's start this financial literacy trend. Get your mind right, get your money right, set yourself up, and let's get our community on track. Let's get back to let's get to the essence of why we're a collective community, not individualistic, and trying to keep up with the Joneses who don't give two shits about us. They don't care about us, and they, they show that every day, and you wonder why. Let's get it together, people. I know I was just on a little rant, <laughs> but I'm super passionate about this, and it's something that needs to be addressed. We need to get on point with it and stop being scared or nervous. Take a risk. You take a risk every day waking up. Why not Why not invest in yourself? And Investing does not take much money. Life insurance can be very inexpensive for you. You just got to get it connected with the right person and go out on a limb. You know, you trust the person that champs and footlocker that get you them J's out the back. You don't know if they're real or not, but you, you go buy them. So with that being said, this was nonstop playing. I'm your host, Kwali, you know, checking in with another critical topic, another crucial topic, people. We got to get it together and I'm here for it. I'm going to keep talking my ish. And again, I'm super excited about the podcast and, you know, the information that I'm dropping because it needs to be talked about in our community, for real, for real. So with that being said, I'll be back uh, with another critical topic and we'll take it from there. Until then, be safe, be blessed, and we'll be rocking out. Y'all be easy.